Luxembourg's Green Room, the Eurovision podcast. Hi everyone, this is Chrissy, and I'll be taking you with me on the journey of how Luxembourg finds their act to represent and perform for the Eurovision Song Contest for the first time in 30 years. To participate, artists, singers and songwriters could send in their entries all over the summer and we ended up with more than 500 songs. I mean, that's simply amazing, Luxembourg. And they all hope to represent our little country on the big stage in Malmö. I'm personally really, really excited. I am not a singer, but I do love music and I do love watching Eurovision. We will talk to contestants, judges and our finalists to get new insights in each episode. Today, we'll take a look at the audition process and the second round auditions at Rockhall, which were on the 22nd, 23rd and 24th of November. Specifically talking about what the international jury thinks, what a Eurovision Act needs to bring to the stage, as well as their past experiences at ESC, which I was really excited about to hear. Out of the 500 songs, which are already mentioned, which were entered, there have been chosen 50 artists and 70 songs to perform at the second round at Rockhall. Eight finalists were now selected, and you know them. Child, Angie and Raffaella, Tali, One Last Time, Crick, Adson, Naomi Aye and Joanne Marcus. They were all amazing at the audition and I can't wait. These were picked by a selection of amazing international judges who are all known and established names in the ESC world. For example, Alex Panayi. He is a Greek Cypriot singer and composer. He participated twice in the ESC and is now primarily active as a vocal coach to ESC participants. The second judge was Caesar Sampson. He is an Austrian singer and musician and has participated 2018 at the Eurovision Song Contest in Lisbon and secured himself an amazing third place. He explained to me what the Austrian process was like to be able to represent his own country. Uh, the audition process in my case was that I was involved in a number of successful entries on the production and, um, and, and uh, composition end and until Austria was fed up with being beat by, by us. And then they said, hey, aren't you actually Austrian? Why don't you do something for us for a change? And that was basically how I was invited to submit a song. Of course, then I still had to be uh, pitted against other people who also submitted, but it was a commissioned production, commissioned song. And then I just uh, came out on top. As you can see, even Cesar, who has been multiple times included at the ESC, had to go to auditions again. So in every country it's similar. People have to audition to be able to be standing on that huge stage. And that's really, really cool. Our next jury member I want to present to you is Christoph Jergman. He's also um, the producer of this year's Eurovision Song Contest in Malmö. I mean, come on, like how freaking cool is that? I was able to chat to him and I simply had to ask him a couple of questions. What does it mean for you and for Eurovision in general for Luxembourg to be back after that many years? Oh, it's, it's, a, it's a dream come true. Uh, Luxembourg is one of the big, I mean, the founders of this competition. They were there from the very beginning and they were extremely successful the first 20, 25 years. And obviously, uh, it's something that I grew up with. So to me, to be here and to be part of this is such an honor. And I feel really blessed to, to be part of this jury. And we really, really believe that we can make this comeback a success. 
So if you didn't know, the Grand Duchy has already won the competition five times and is therefore the third most successful country in ESC history. I mean, I'm simply proud that my country has had such an influence on this amazing music show and is now able to do this again. And this due to one of the eight finalists, which will represent Luxembourg on that huge stage. Sorry, I'm just really excited just thinking about this. I've met some of the artists before and some of them I call even friends. And it's really, really cool that you're able to meet them the way I do and just have a chat with them. Really soon you will hear it. So next, we have the next jury member I want to present to you, which is Tali Eshkoli. She has frequently served as a jury member in various Eurovision pre-selections and has a huge amount of experience due to the fact that she was also the producer of the 2019 ESC edition in Tel Aviv. I was also able to sneak into the main hall of the Rockal and ask her some cheeky questions in hopes to get a little idea what she and the rest of the jury thinks of the Luxembourgish music scene and just in general what their favourite moments were so far. From this competition, wow. It's difficult. So there are very good singers here and we are getting to learn the local industry and uh, it's a huge challenge to pick the best ones to hear. So that's what we are focusing, to remember and to repeat and rewatch the best ones in order to do our job in the best way. How is it if, in terms of like language barrier, let's say language barrier, because some songs are obviously, some are in Luxembourgish, or like, how does that influence your ability to maybe understand the songs and feel the passion of the singers, the artists? It's, you know, music has its own language in a way. And we've heard songs, I mean, we do, most of us do understand some French, some English, so we're good in that. The Luxembourgish is difficult, and I, I wouldn't say we know that, but when we hear it, we know that we like it, and we've heard really good ones in your language. So, And there's no barrier there. We just feel the joy of people performing in your language, so no problem. So as you can tell... Um Not every judge speaks Luxembourgish, but they still consider your songs, which I find amazing. I'm Luxembourgish myself, and I love every single song that is kind of pushing our little culture and our language even in there. So I'm still hoping, I haven't heard all of the songs, so I'm still hoping that there's some songs that have a little bit of the Luxembourgish language in there, which I hope to find out once I interview the finalists. So coming to the last of the five jury members that were... Um, choosing our eight finalists, which is Jan Bors. He is an expert in producing live shows and developing entertainment formats. He's even previously served as the head of delegation for Cheka. So if you're interested in what the judges were up to the three days of the pre-selections, you might want to have a look at Bors' vlog of the three days, um, which you can find on Eurovision.lu. There he's also talking to some light designers and you can even already get an idea what the rock hall is going to look like on the 27th of Jan, which I'm really excited about because they they talked about like huge stage. Half of the rock hall room is going to be just taken up by a huge stage with like, I think, if I think I remember correctly, like LED screens and all of that. So I'm really excited to just see that. So hopefully you're able to come and watch or even just watch the live stream. I'm just really excited. So 
going on with the podcast, I get carried away really easily. So <laughs> you will love just hearing me talk on and on and on because I can talk all day. So the next important question that I tried to ask some of the jury members was, what does a Eurovision Song Contest participant need to get up to the top, to be winning, to actually be able to call themselves an ESC champion? So Caesar as well as Chris were able to answer me this question and um, also what they think would be the magic recipe to winning the Eurovision Song Contest. There is no res recipe, uh, but there are certain components that you need to have to be able to win Eurovision. And you need the full package. You need um, a charismatic artist. You need a really good damn song. And then you have to stage it in a very original and smashing way. So you need the full package to be able to win. And the, even then, sometimes that's not enough because the competition happened to be a little bit better on some one of the three. But uh, to, to make it to the top five, you, you can stay there. You need all three. And then it's up to the competition of the year. What do you pay most attention to when watching a performance or judging one of the performances? You wouldn't believe how many uh, like layers and aspects there are to uh, a good Eurovision entry. Of course, for me as a singer, uh, an artist, for me it's always important to send people who can um, perform at that stage without like crashing because it's just too much pressure it's not it's not a small competition it's the biggest competition so for me it's important that the singer it has experience is a bit settled as a as an artist uh, because you're being judged very heavily all the time so if a person is too young they would have to exhibit a remarkable level of maturity for me to recommend them to go so there's such a thing as a too too young an artist for Eurovision and the second thing is the song has to be just right and there are many songs that I love, which I wouldn't send to Eurovision. So there's a certain kind of song that we need. So it looks like we need an all-round talent. I cannot wait to be able to see the show. I know that people like Edson always put on a show, like dancing around like there's no tomorrow. And I love that because I always love to sing along, um, always love to dance along. Um, so I cannot wait to even maybe rock along. We also got a band going on with like uh, guitar, basses and drums, which I cannot wait. Also, just maybe a bit slower from child. Who knows what we're going to get? I'm really, really excited to talk to all of them and actually hear their music. So another thing I did quickly wanted to um, like chat about was the slogan, which was used for ESC 2023, which in Liverpool, which was United by Music, um, which was created in Britain to um, show respects to the Ukraine and um, this slogan actually remains for Mamu as well so United by Music is going to be used continuously in the future which I find really cool because I mean music unites and I think that's already shown in Luxembourg because everyone wants to get a look and wants to know what's happening at uh, the Eurovision Song Contest and who's finally going to be representing Luxembourg oh, I'm so excited um I'm also really enjoying the fact that everyone's kind of already like starting to group like this fan groups create being created for um, our Luxembourg song contest, which I find really cool. But 
um, what I want to say is that I am not going to choose who I will vote for until the day because I want to see the shows. I want to see the passion. I want to know what they sound like live. Next week, um, we'll have a look at the other side of the table and chat to the participants that were on stage at the Raquel for the auditions. Um, but Krister asked me to add a couple of last sentences he told me before I leave you. So I'm just going to let him take over for a minute um, and let him like get his thoughts out. I would like, like to encourage, you know, the younger ones to actually just keep going and keep doing it because there will be next year. And, you know, just develop, grow with your art and come back. Don't be discouraged because you didn't make it this year. Uh, because, as I said, there's so few that can be chosen. So just continue, strive for perfection and come back. I think it's so important to leave this episode with this positive and motivational message. So I'm just going to let you go. I'll see you or you will hear me next week. So that was it for me. This is Chrissy and I hope to see you soon back in the green room. Luxembourg's Green Room, the Eurovision podcast.